0: Uh, Thanks for coming today. Excited to have you. My name is Thad, and, uh, uh, you know, I was sitting there. Great job, worship team. That just sounded so cool doing the acoustic deal. And I'm sitting there during that song when we're saying, man, louder than I'll sing your praise. And uh, a couple songs right there before the end, and I I was thinking on that, just totally off script here, just going... uh, Last week, I was sitting down there worshiping, and, and Dana, my wife, who's teaching one of the classes today, was in service last week, and she's, she was sitting on one side, and I was over here getting ready to come up last week, and she's like, I can hear you singing all the way from the other side of the room. I was like, the song says louder than I'll sing your praise, right? Right? And, uh, but no, I seriously, that is a, a tough thing to do, like depending on what you're going through. And I just wanted to, uh, it, it, to remind us, you know, uh, when things are the roughest, man, louder than we should sing his praise. That's when we got to hunker down and just go, no. You know, Psalm 103 says, as, as David's writing, he's like, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. But he repeats it. And I could just hear him going, no, praise the Lord, O oh my soul, and forgetting all of his benefits. You know, he redeems us, and he starts quoting all these things God has done for him. I just hope we come in to worship with that expectancy of, man, I am going to make my spirit align to God's word. And uh, so cool, cool time of worship. And I want to pause for a second here and just and, and pray specifically for uh, the Hanes, because... Um, Jaden's mom passed away yesterday and we've been praying a lot of you that you know we get those we tell you to fill out the prayer request on the connect card and you do and we've been praying for the Hanes because it's on tons of prayer requests when we pray every week and uh, so uh, we want to we want to pray for our campus pastor and his loss and and you know singing those songs uh can't be easy. So uh, let's pause here. Lord, I thank you for Jaden and Danny. And I pray for Jay, Jaden's dad, and his family, his sisters. And uh, I pray that you would just overwhelm them with your peace today. I thank you that Pam is relieved of of the this curse of cancer and this tumor that has been after her for so long. And... You've relieved her and she's in your presence today. Like she's praising louder than any of us. And I pray that God today you would just give the family continued rest and and relief and, and comfort and peace that only you can bring. And I just thank you for this family that's walked alongside them and encouraged them throughout this process. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, wow. If you're a guest, welcome. That was deep family business right there. Uh, I guarantee it'll be a little lighter in a second when I get inappropriate. So all will be good. Dana's not in the service today, so I can say more. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it'll get reported to her. I, I, I gotta always be careful. Uh, last week, we hit really strong on the subject of justification, and it was the first of the talks in this by-faith segment. We've broken up the book of Romans into quite a few series, and we're going to be covering through the whole book, not necessarily verse by verse, but we're hitting the whole book of Romans here. It'll take us all the way to Thanksgiving, honestly, but uh, we're having fun in this second series within Romans called By Faith. We looked at the subject of justification, and the reality is that we're justified by faith in Jesus alone. Uh, It's what Jesus has done for us, not what we can do for ourselves and our works do not justify us. You know, we always are trying to earn that right relationship with God. You can't earn it. So we concluded last week, hey, stop trying to earn it. And looked at the reality that justification is instantaneous. When we choose to follow Jesus, when we make a decision to invite Jesus into our life like immediately we're right with God. There's nothing else we have to do. There's there's no additional steps to be right with God. And we realized that through faith, our debt is paid. Um, It's through faith in Jesus and through faith in Jesus alone. And that's what salvation is. And this week, we're going to continue because we're in Romans 4, and originally, we had it one talk, but... As you could tell last week, because I was long-winded last week, there's no way we could have done it in one talk, so it became two. And we didn't want to end last week just saying to be continued, so we made it two individual talks. So welcome to talk number two. Here we go. Today's big idea, similar to the first point last week, by faith in Jesus alone. Our idea today is by faith in Jesus alone. Paul's the author of Romans. He was not a disciple who walked with Jesus. He's someone who made a decision to to follow Jesus due to like a revelation of Christ. He was a persecutor of the church. His name was Saul, but he had an encounter with Jesus after his resurrection that made him transform his life, and he went from being named Saul to Paul. Jesus often gives us a new name, new identity, and here's Paul now trying to help people understand what happened in his life and what can happen, and there's both Jews, the people of God, and Gentile, those who have now been accepted by God through Jesus' death on the cross. So he's communicating these things, and he gets into this subject of circumcision that's a fun one to talk about right so this will be good you you now you can tell where i'm going to get okay anyway but uh kind of uh it's kind of a turn for us uh interesting uh, a little weird but for his listeners they they get it right they Uh, He's going to talk about the promises of Abraham, and now he's talking about circumcision. And you can't just avoid it and like skip over this section, and it can teach us some things. So we're just going to really talk about circumcision for a few minutes. Um, It's a significant moment in the life of a Jew. And so Paul is referencing back to like how significant and tying it into the Gentiles as well. So listen to this, verse 9 in Romans 4. Now... Is this blessing only for the Jews, or is it also for uncircumcised Gentiles? Well, we've been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith. That's what we camped on all week last week. So he was counted as righteous by God because of his faith. Verse 10. But how did this happen? Was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised, or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. Circumcision was a sign. Say a sign. Say it out loud. I don't do this ever, but say a sign. There you go. You're like, Does he, is he actually wanting us to talk today? We've never done this My weird meter's like tripping right now. Okay, here we go. But circumcision was a sign, because I want you to get that, that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous even before he was circumcised. I think Paul wants us to get something here, (laughs) right? It's a little repetitive, Paul. This is elementary school, right? Why are we talking about circumcision? Okay, anyway. Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith, But have not been circumcised. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. And Abraham is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised. But only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. Clearly God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. There we go. So, thought number one, obedience follows belief. Obedience follows belief. Abraham believed first and was counted righteous by having faith in God's word and his promise for his life. Not after. Let's let's tear it down, and it's called like... The Abrahamic covenant, if you're going to get scholastic, remember we're on Sunday school with steroids in these two weeks, last week and this week. It's this. Reality is in Genesis 12, 1 through 4, God promises Abraham land and descendants. Look to the sky, see the stars. Will I not multiply you over the face of the earth like this? And you fast forward from Genesis 12 to 15. God ratifies this promise with Abraham and he does it in an interesting way. He tells Abraham that he will have a son and Abraham believes God. But wants to be sure it will happen. So God now Abraham's 100 years old. In case you weren't here last week. He's 100 and so is his wife. And they're gonna start having kids. It's like, you to man, right? Here we go. God tells Abraham to get several animals and cut them in half. Yeah, it's getting weird. And he says, this is how you ratified a promise in the Old Testament anyway. So it's like, this is how you do it. You would you would divide these animal parts into two, two parts, and those that are making an agreement would walk between those parts. And what they were saying by walking between these parts of the sacrificed animals is they were saying, if I break this covenant with you, this agreement, you can cut me up like those animals, right? But this is what God does. He knocks Abraham out. He's like asleep. And God says, uh Uh, He's the one, actually, that walks in between those parts, which means he alone can fulfill the agreement that they've made. So God makes this promise with Abraham that he's going to be the father of many, and Abraham believes him. He puts his faith in God. Now fast forward two more chapters to Genesis 17, and you have the sign of circumcision that Paul is talking about. Every covenant has a sign in the Old Testament. And you can read about these covenants God would make with people. And they're either building altars or whatever they're doing. But the sign of this covenant is circumcision. This was an outward expression to the Jewish people of their obedience to the the law that was inside their hearts this this the obedience to God that was in their hearts so here's what's interesting in all of this Genesis 15 is where God credits Abraham as righteous through faith and it's Genesis 17 that circumcision comes on the scene 14 years later So it wasn't circumcision, the outward sign that made Abraham right with God. It was his faith. Well, we have, well, you know, first of all, let's just be honest. If I were Abraham, and it's 14 years after I was counted righteous by putting my faith in God that I was going to have a child in in that, um, I might say... Uh God? Can we do the animal in half thing again instead of what you're, you've just instructed? Because God defined circumcision for Abraham. This is what you're going to do. And, 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 you, and there's young people in here, so parents, you can explain the details if you want later. But, like, he was the first one to do this deal. It's hard enough today to do it. And by the way... My doctor for Preston, our son, is Jewish. So, like, when that whole thing happened, he, was, he knew I was a pastor. And he was like, now this is a very special moment, isn't it? You know, and it was kind of this awkward, like, holy thing. And I got to tell you, I didn't want to participate, but I got to. So it was just like, you know, Abraham is put as the first person to do this. Can you imagine? Ouch! I don't know. I was trying to correlate. What's this like? To be the first people like, you sure, God? Was it a quarter inch deep or an inch? What was? Oh, I forgot. You know, it's like, no. Um, Here's the reality. I think it's kind of like the first guy who ate an egg. Think about that. See that chicken over there? I dare you. Triple dog dare. Whatever comes out of that chicken's butt, eat it. In fact, cook it and eat it. No way, bro. You know, I don't know how that went. I'm trying to think, like, who was the first, like, to be the first people to do this. What about the first person who drank milk? Well, that looks different. See them things hanging out underneath that cow right there? I'm not sure how you get anything out of that, but if you can get anything out of that, I'll drink it. Can you imagine? This is kind of warm. I think I'd chill it if I ever drink this stuff again. I don't know. In fact, let's let's put this with some flour and see what it makes. It's just crazy to think uh I'd be like, maybe we should foam that and put a couple shots of espresso in it. It'd be delicious. Uh I just I look at that and just go wow. Abraham has the courage not only to choose to follow just blindly follow God 14 years earlier but then he follows through with this circumcision deal. But it, the Jews had mistaken and Paul's addressing this, the Jews had mistaken the the righteousness of Abraham in the sign of circumcision versus his righteousness being 14 years earlier in his simple faith in God. And so that's the challenge for us. He's saying, man, Abraham was already believing. And we have outward signs today. I mean, we don't have like, you know, hey, this is our monthly circumcision service. Welcome. Glad that you could be a guest today. Uh, We're going to call everybody forward. We don't do that. Um, what we do is water baptism, yeah, you know, because Jesus shows up on the scene, the Son of God, and he you know, walks and grows up and, and and it becomes like of age thirty years old when he's going to do. go out into his earthly ministry. And what he does is he finds John the Baptist baptizing people, and he's baptized, which is the word baptism means to submerge, right? So he is submerged in water and raises back up, and it's like a dove rests on his head, and God's voice is like, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And everybody's like, whoa. And Jesus, after he died and went to the cross and rose again, said to his disciples, you should do this you know, go preach the gospel, preach the good news that Jesus has come and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see in the book of Acts when the discipleships, Jesus is ascended into heaven, the disciples are sharing Jesus. Thousands put their faith in Jesus, and they say, well, what now? What should we do? When thousands more were asking what should they should do, they said, well, put your faith in Jesus. Then be baptized, because that's what Jesus said to do. Baptism was simply an outward sign of an inward transformation. And so that's the reality is we still have signs for the covenant with God. We still are in agreement saying, okay, I'm identifying myself as one who follows Jesus. And that's what baptism is, in case you wondered. Free advertisement uh, on the 21st of this month. At the conclusion of service, we will do a water baptism service right out there underneath the the cover area uh, at church. It's awesome. We love it. And we have multiple people interested in being baptized. But if you would like to be baptized too, you could do one of two things. On the back of your Connect card, you could check the baptism box. Or you could sign up on the form back there. Or you could sign up on the events page on the app or web or wherever, and uh, we'll follow through with you and and know that you're interested in participating. But we'll give you a chance to participate just cold turkey that day too, if God's stirring in your heart, that you want to go public with your faith and identify yourself with Jesus. That's a sign. In this day, they didn't have that. They got circumcised Anybody happy about water baptism? Anybody happy that that's what we do at the end of a service every once in a while? Woo! I like the outward sign of water way easier. Moving on. Uh, thought number two it's not Jesus and. And I know we're tempted to do that. And we kind of really honed in on that last week, but I'm going to re- repetition some mother of learning, right? It's not Jesus and all these other things that make us right with God. Abraham didn't have the Bible to follow. Abraham was justified by God by faith before Moses even wrote the law. The requirement of salvation has always been faith, and it continues to be faith. We just now know we can put our faith in Jesus instead of you know, just cold faith and God's promise over our life. It's not faith plus something else. It's not faith and baptism in water, and then you'll be saved. No, you'll be saved at faith in Jesus. You go public with your faith through the outward sign of the inward transformation. I think that's the catch that we get confused at. Um, it's 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 Follow Jesus. And that's the way we word it here. We say, hey, if you choose to follow Jesus, that's justification. That's instantaneous salvation. Your transformation begins on the inside. Now, that transformation is lifelong. You're not instantly transformed. You're not instantly made perfect in God's eyes. We reach perfection when we're in heaven. So it's from... Beginning, when we make a decision to choose Jesus, God starts changing us and, and shifting our mindset, bringing it in a line with his word, and we have an opportunity to follow him. That's why we say on our mission here at Open Life that we're people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Our relationship is constantly growing with Jesus, but at the moment we choose to follow Jesus... That faith has saved us. Isn't that amazing? It's not Jesus and. We love one another and we minister to one another and we encourage one another and that helps us grow. We go through the seasons of life with each other and it causes us... This, this salvation, the moment we choose to follow Jesus, something happens in us. And over time, we go from what we needed from Jesus, our mind shifts, and we're like, man, so many others need to Jesus. And we, we're very outward in our faith all of a sudden, and we're transformed to just, like, love people, and we're broken for others, and our, our heart grows. And that is a beautiful thing that happens. That's the growing that happens, and that's not because of the law of the Old Testament. It's love. It's Jesus. It's His heart transforming us to become more than just what we need. It's thinking of others before ourselves. It's a beautiful process. So, what good is the law then? Because that's what Paul's kind of going after these signs and the law, and he's trying to help the Jewish people understand you're not better than the Gentiles. We both have Father Abraham who had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. Right? Some of you learned that song if you grew up in church. And uh, so it's just, we're all in that same spot. But the law, as Paul indicates, reveals sin. And once we recognize that we're all broken, that we all have sin and fall short of God's best for our lives, then we'll be able to comprehend that we need to take that step to choose to follow Jesus to be made right with God. It's identifying, okay, yeah, I I missed the mark. I make mistakes, and because I make mistakes, and there's like a par for life, there's something I need to attain to, then we have an opportunity to be made right by simply putting our faith in Jesus. The Bible helps us discover this. It's like a thermometer, right? It can't change the temperature, but it tells you if you're sick. And so sin is the sickness. And we're able to see that when we put the spiritual thermometer in our life, when we start reading the Bible. It's only by faith in Jesus that we're saved. Jesus' final words on the cross, and we hit this last week too, but it's not, well, this is part of the answer. He didn't say, it begins. On the cross, Jesus' final words were, it is finished. When he went to the cross and gave up his life, it was finished. No more was needed than that. Jesus alone is our way to salvation. Final thought, three, believe the impossible. Let's read further in Romans 4 real quick. Verse 18, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing, "...that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise." In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises, and because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And When God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit, too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Abraham believed God for the impossible. His body was as good as dead. His wife's womb was as good as dead in his mind. But yet he believed God unwavering, And we're asked to do the same in Jesus. We're asked to put our faith wholly and solidly in the hands of Jesus. We're born, we make choices that are away from God instead of towards God, and that's called sin. But by putting our faith in Jesus, we have new life, just as Abraham had before the outward sign. So, Our action point for today is simple. Live by faith. Live by faith. For some of you, this might mean going after the impossible as we just dialogued about. Maybe you've sensed that God called you to do something, a dream, if you would, a vision for your life, and you've yet to reach out for that. But he's been challenging you for years, and you know it's present. That call just will not go away. Don't delay any longer. Go at it and have faith that God did speak that to you. Some of you need to simply take the step of the outward sign. Honestly, you're looking at your life, you're going, yeah, I made a decision to choose to follow Jesus. And even as for Abraham, circumcision happened for it. years later maybe years and years ago you made a decision to follow Jesus and you've just never been baptized maybe that's the next step in your faith yet for others in this room just as last week people made a decision to follow Jesus maybe that's your choice today maybe today you walk in here and you're taking things at your own pace which is awesome But maybe you walked in here and you're realizing, I need Jesus. That's the first step. I need to choose to follow Jesus and put my faith there and let life begin new. Because that's the promise. We can't earn it. It's a gift from God. So I don't know what it is today for you. What step you need to take to live by faith. But I'm going to pray for all of us. Worship team is going to sing as we reflect what it is and that God is doing in our heart. And during that time, you could respond on the back of your Connect card or maybe write a prayer request, whatever applies. Then we're going to dismiss you and a few, and Ed comes up here. Maybe some of you want prayer. We'll have prayer down here to the left at the conclusion of service and 10-minute party, all that will go on. But I first want to pray for you that you'll live by faith and that God will start to stir what that means for you. So God, I thank you for everyone that walked through the doors on this final day of July, 2016. I remember when I walked through the doors of the Delta Center in Salt Lake City, Utah on June 6, 1993. And that's the day I chose by faith to follow Jesus. Walked out of there and the skies seemed bluer, grass seemed greener. Life was new. And over the course of the years, you continue to teach me and challenge me and and wreck me for the things of God, to live by faith. I pray that today somebody's journey would begin with you. That if someone's walked through the doors today and they've yet to, by faith, choose to follow you Jesus that they would simply say yes to you today That they would pray Jesus come into my life I choose you today I want to follow you I want new life I want to go out from here and have life transform in the coming weeks and months and years may I grow in my relationship with you and learn to follow you obediently even as Abraham did as we read of today God, maybe someone in here knows, I need to take a next step. And that next step is potentially water baptism for someone. May they make the decision that in three weeks, they'll be baptized. Or God, maybe somebody in this room is just realizing they were called. They know it. There's a dream in their spirit that's from you. And they've yet to walk in that dream. God, help them by faith surrender their life to you. To lay their life at your feet and be that gift to the world that you're challenging them to be. So many things you could be stirring in us. And as the worship team sings, I pray you would let it go from just a thought to an understanding that you're moving in our life. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.